This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. To stay in the know about everything happening at Fratton Park, including the latest news, analysis and transfer updates, take out an online Pompey subscription with the Portsmouth News today at portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Pompey Talk. My name is Mark McMahon and joining me today to discuss all things Pompey is Jordan Cross and Sam Cox. Welcome, lads. Hello. 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 A bit windy wet. Good when your hair's thinning and uh, you've got a like, perfectly uh, coiffed hair. We got F1 strand out of place and it's a bit like Bobby Charlton. Uh, yeah. I think mine always looks windswept, to be honest. And I saw, saw my first trampoline go flying, so that's one to tick off the off the list today. I'm angry about that whole. I think it was the morning call, uh, sports test call suggested, when I've got kids running around the house, and I'm seeing no reason outside for kids to be off school. I'm probably like a lot of other parents uh, in the Portsmouth area beyond at the moment. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll digress. Yeah. So if you get any uh, company, any screaming kids on this uh, chat, you'll know you'll know who to blame. Well, Jordy, you you have a chance to get away from the kids tomorrow. Um, At the moment, do I though? Do I? Well, I was just going to say, like, is there any? Do you think tomorrow's game is going to go ahead? Any reasons to cast doubt over it? Uh, I'm not. I'm not talking from a, a, a an informed position, so it's hard to suggest at the minute. But just looking at, I guess the um, the concern would be to get fans to the game safely. Uh, looking at the forecast, I don't think it's. Um, as I say, they're saying it's 80 mile an hour winds at the moment. It doesn't really look like 80 mile an hour winds out my window. And I'm up the top of Ports Downhill where I'm thinking it'll probably be the worst of it. So the concern of getting the, the conditions, obviously, uh, when you get there, I don't know what the uh, conditions are like at Gresty Road, although the forecast suggests it wasn't that bad tomorrow. Is that an amber warning tomorrow? And it's a red warning at the moment, isn't it? So for that yeah, part of the world. Amber warning finishes tonight. And then I think it's just sleet and snow tomorrow um, or a bit of rain next in. So yeah, I don't think it's going to be too windy as it is. So, yeah, hopefully everyone can get there safely. Um, that would be the concern. And I guess we, we'll be doing making some uh, inroads just to make sure, get get some proper informed information and uh, make an informed story about what's going to, going to happen as the day goes on. Definitely. Definitely. Well, Sam, tomorrow's game, Saturday's game, is a chance for Pompey to win three in a row. Um, form guide... Bermain Pompey won two. The crew have lost their last six in League One. Suggests that anybody going the crew may be celebrating the Pompey win. Or do I, do, do I tempt fate there by there? That's always the worry. Obviously, back to back wins, and they say their crew's form isn't the most eye catching. And I was looking at the form this morning. Pompey haven't lost to anyone currently in the bottom eight in the table. So all signs point towards a Pompey win. <laughs> But now I'm going to be crucified when they don't tomorrow. Um, yeah, like you say, it's a, I think looking at it from a, a point of view from Pompey, it's a chance to build on that good form and come out the other side of their poor form at the start of the year. Obviously, the second half against Doncaster was very, very encouraging. And it's the best opportunity Pompey have now to try and put a run together. I can't remember off the top of my head that the fixtures, but they're, they're still quite a favourable. Is it Shrewsbury next next week? Tuesday, Tuesday, Again, yeah. they're, they're down there. So, yeah, it just gives them an opportunity to build that momentum in that points before 
another tough run, which comes out the other side of these games. So, yeah, for, for Pompey, if they are harbouring any ambitions, I say it quietly, of trying to sneak into that top six, then this again, they have to win. It's, it's no doubt about that. Sam's right. Jordy, like, yeah, we, we might have tempted fate by those stats, like, but come off it. This is a game Pompey should be winning. And if, they have, if Danny Kelly has any hopes of actually getting into that top six, again, three points is a must, isn't it, really? Yeah, I'm going to name check. Uh, Someone sent me an email at the end of January, David Forsyth. Um, I've not checked the, this, the detail on this, but I'm pretty sure it, it adds up and it's a, a little bit out of date. But Pompey have got a fantastic record against the bottom 10. They put away the, the, the teams at the bottom of the table. Um, and this is at the end of January, but their record then was played 11, 1 8, drawn 3, lost none, points 27. Against the rest at this point, so there have been some slight changes in the table since they played 16. This is at the end of the January, 1 2, drawn 5. So I'm guessing that would have been Sunderland and Wickham who yeah. were the, yeah, at that stage. Um, so Pompey seemed to just labour, but get the job done uh, against the bottom 10. And then the rest, when the, when the level goes up, that they're found wanting. So that seems to be, a, there's definitely a pattern there, uh, which is suggested where the, where the gains need to be made to make Pompey a, a real force in League One. I found that really interesting. And, if, and, and it, it does stand up. So, um, yeah, you would expect Pompey to go to a, a struggling crew side and impose themselves on them. Uh, we saw that. And a very attacking side against Doncaster, who were bottom at the time, weren't they, last week? And the most attacking side of Danny Cowley's reign, for sure. Uh, the wing-backs were... They were just... Yeah, if you look with Curtis and Jacobs in the in the uh, midfield area, with Thompson Holden, who's quite forward-thinking himself, Rico Hackett and Harness as a wing-backs, and then the, and then the, and the Walker and Hurst up front. That's a very, very attacking side. Um, I'm interested to see if the wing-backs will be as quite as attacking if you go on the road, but I think it should be another forward-thinking... Uh, Pompey lineup, but I did watch. Um, I did watch Crew against Wigan on on Tuesday night, and they stayed in the game really well. They didn't. They weren't really very progressive themselves, but they really. Uh, I think it was until about the 60th minute the first goal came, and then they got the second. Um, Wigan in the 82nd minute. So given that Wigan are real, you know, everyone's bankers to go up now. Uh, and they went to their patch and they and they stayed in that match. And there was a couple of players that caught the eye. And I know Tom Larry, the little midfielders, um, quite highly thought of, and a few a few teams are looking at them. And but Crew have had a, quite a turnover of players, and they have that you know uh, the likes of Wintle and one or two others um, have gone on. And they they probably battled a little bit to to deal with that turnover of players, which is obviously the Crew way um, to sell them on. And they might have struggled a bit from that. So uh, yeah, given Tuesday's game, I don't think I think they're gonna they they feel that that's a base for them to build on. Uh, but yeah, Pompey certainly should be going there with ambitions of three points. Sam, it's interesting that Jordy paid ten pound on a follow the watch crew v Wigan on Tuesday night. So yeah, it was going on my expenses. <laughs> <laughs> very very good, Jordy indeed there. Um, but. <laughs> Um, bear in mind the stats Jordy mentioned there from his his confidant, uh, Mister Forsyth. Um, this, this, is this a, is this is Pompey a mid-table team? Do we need to just accept that if they're beating the teams below them, but they can't seem to get too many results above them? Are Pompey in a in a in, a, in the, the, the part of the table where many people should be expecting them to be there? Most most probably, yeah, I think so. Obviously, we've touched on it quite a few times that. If you like it or not, people are describing the season as a transition year, although it shouldn't be a, 
a free hit. I know we've said that many times, but if you look at the differences between them and the, the top two and them and, and the bottom half, they are bang slap in the middle there thereabouts. And, and the form suggests that. If you can't really build a good run of form against the teams above you, and then you're, you're formidable against the ones below you, then as I say, that's, that just highlights exactly probably where they are at the moment. I think we saw, to, to be a bit more stats-based, we're going into a lot of stats early <laughs> early doors. I saw on Twitter, and again, some of the fans talking about it in terms of the clean sheets they've kept. They're in the in, in decent company in terms of, I think Wigan, Wickham were in there, and obviously they're all fighting for, for promotion, but it's just the top end of the pitch, again, which is probably hampering them from, from pushing towards that top six, which is like a, a broken record as I was sounding today. But yeah, I think as much as it pains us to say it, unless they build a good run, it's all, all the stats and all the figures are suggesting that this year is a, a mid-table side and a sort of, I wouldn't say tread and water, I think that's quite harsh, but they're sort of sitting in that in that little pocket of mid-table, yeah. maybe pushed towards the top six, but they're in no danger of going down. So it's in that area of sort of, what wash they got to play for unless they as they put that run together which which they're capable of doing 10, 10 games unbeaten earlier in the season so yeah they'll they'll sure to have the quality to do that as I say the 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 stats suggest that they're they bangs up in the middle at the moment. Jody, what do you think Danny Curley is at the moment with his squad? He he probably does think and no doubt about it he thinks that he's he's got a stronger squad or a stronger starting eleven than what he had when he before he went into the window. Um, do you honestly believe that? Um, do you think there's enough shoots of progress there to suggest that the second half of the season could be better than what we've currently seen so far? Boys and tell us. Yeah, we're nearly we're getting on to a, a year into Danny Cowley's reign, and and yeah, in the, more, in the more frustrating moments, I was questioning how much progress has been made in terms of the squad. Um, def, definitely. Definitely given the amount of players that are again out of contract. I think uh, Danny Cowley would argue there has been a lot of work done on that front. Um, but I was kind of, I was questioning more the fact that we've got loan ease in and if this is going to be a season of transition, then why are we developing Gavin Bazuna as good as he has been when Alex Bass is out somewhere else and he's our player and another loan ease when, when we need to be looking for the longer term if this is a season of transition. So that was a frustration of mine, I think. Uh, but hindsight's a wonderful thing because we all, all felt that this should be a top six season going in. Um, so I think Danny Cowdy thinks pound for pound the squad is stronger. It's um, more slimline. There needs to be depth. There needs to be Pompeo action, this policy um, of uh, bringing in players in the that can come in and play now that the Denver Humes and then be developed and and, uh, and made greater assets. There needs to be more investment. There needs to be an investment in that as well. So I don't think, um, I'm honest, perhaps that like it looks like on the pitch at the moment that, that as much progress has been made as most Pompey fans would want, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I guess the, the ultimate uh, judgment on that, if this is a season of transition, would be what happens next. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I think Sam sort of inferred it's a big bugbear of mine that it, you know this is this isn't a free should be a free hit season. We should be making judgments and uh, and uh, you know people should be you know sort of judged on what what is happening. But um, if yeah, if, if it is to be that, then we'll, we'll look at it next season and then that's the time to start making some big calls. But obviously, it does suggest the odds suggest that they do have patience with their managers. 
with, yeah. with the history of what they've, you know, in terms of what they've done previously with Kenny Jacket. Yeah. Sam, we know there's a big, like, I can't believe we're saying this. There's still, what, 15 games left. We're just out of the January transfer window, like, but it, it, is, it is telling that um, there's another big transition window coming up in, in the summer. Do you, one, foresee many of those that are currently out of contract remaining? And even do you see a chance of any of those currently unknown? Like, obviously, you can rule out the Zunu straight away. Like, yeah. But, like, for continuity sake, is it not quite good to maybe start addressing? Is any of these loan players going to be here next season? Like, so again, what, what's, what's your opinion on that there? Yeah, I think that was probably one of the first thoughts that came into mind when you asked Jordy the question about the loan players. Who do they actually keep hold of? Obviously, we know Bazuni won't be staying. Hayden Carter won't be on a permanent. They might keep him on loan for next season, just in, in case of what, what Blackburn do in the championship this season. Marlon Romeo, again, could they afford him? That's, that's going to be a big question because these players have come down from, from higher divisions. George Hurst might have an eye on playing in the championship next season. Tyler Walker might be looking at getting back into the commentary side. So that's all five there. And I don't think any of the five scream, oh, he'll be here next season. I think there's question marks over all of them. And then in terms of the out-of-contract players, obviously they've got an option on, on some of them. Marcus Harness and, and Jacobs they have got options on. But you, you look at the out-of-contract players and... Oh, with players like Sean Williams, obviously he was probably bought in with the eye for only a season mm. and obviously with the injury that he's got at the moment, he's probably one they probably won't keep on. Louis Thompson, obviously we've seen his quality would be one that I think they'd have a view on, but again, his fitness record and playing an entirety of the season, conscious question marks about him next season. So I think they are at the moment probably sleepwalking into another busy transition all summer. Obviously, last year we saw that. 14 new players came in and to try to tee us up for this season. But again, this year's been done as a, as a transitional period, if you want to label it that. But I think the signs are pointing towards another summer of, of the same. So it, it conjures question marks. I always refer back to, I remember when Jose Mourinho returned back to Chelsea and he was completely put off to the side. We're never going to win the league this year. I think it's 2008. 13-14 season and they went and won the league the next year because they made the inroads in the summer but I don't obviously it's completely different kettle of fish but with, with Pompey at the moment as I say I think they're, they're probably sleepwalking to another big transitional summer and with the low knees I can only see really one maybe Marlon Romeo's the closest to maybe stay next season Hayden Carter which would probably be another loan so it'll be another summer of having to negotiate a, a big out outgoings and incomings so if they do the groundwork now obviously they can prepare for that but from from evidence i think they're potentially sleepwalking into that let's look let's look at that because you can look at the numbers there are one two three four five six seven eight there's 10 contracted at the moment for next season of that number are Hadji Minoga, who's very much sort of one for the future liam vincent who's been injured not played yet uh, so you're down to down to eight there Kieran Freeman injured at the moment. So, uh, so you're down to eight players. Then you're looking at the 17 of the uh, of the rest, so 12 out of contract and five loans. So, uh, okay, we're not talking perhaps quite as seismic an overhaul as we were, which was probably one of the most, well, the biggest seen in, in many a year at Pompey. Uh, but it is a, another big turnaround but the one caveat to that of course is options now of those one two three four five six, there's options on seven of that 12 
Um, <laughs> one of them being Johnson, who's obviously right. Jay Mingy, uh, Thompson, Jacobs, Harness, Reed, and Hackett. So there is that in, in Pompey's favour. Uh, but on the loans front, I, I think Danny Cowan has come out and said that he, don't think, he doesn't believe he'd be able to afford Romeo um, as much as he'd like to have him. Hurst, I think he's on a lot of money. Has he given the bang for the buck that he probably, on his wage, is probably not quite, although he, you know, he, the season's still ahead of him. Bazzuni, we all know that one. Carter, they'd like. Um, yeah, I'm sure Blackburn have something to say about that as well. That depends what they want to have a closer look at them. And Tyler Walker, though, they, they would probably probably like Danny Cowley's a massive fan. We can talk about him a bit more in a moment. So Sam, bang on, you know, as much as it's not quite as massive an overhaul, um, it's still it's still a very sizable um, overhaul ahead this summer. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Kyle Tyler Walker. Sorry, I said Kyler. Um, Johnny, you mentioned him there. Um, five games without a goal yet. Does he need more? Well, clearly he does need more time, like, but can Pompey fans and can Gally, Danny Carly give him that patience that we that he's been given so far? Well, he's on the line to the end of the season, isn't he, at the moment? And yeah, he so we need to get him up and running if, he, if that's the, the length of the deal, the, length of the time he's going to be here in the immediacy. Uh, but five games, I don't think we can hide from the fact he's been underwhelming. Um, people have been disappointed with him. Um, I keep saying, I I'm seeing flashes of quality and, and just a, an action here or, or a movement there from Tyler Walker. You see, oh, there it is. There's that. There, there, that's why, why we, we've uh, made Tyler Walker one of our, uh, probably our, you know, one of our biggest earners right at the top of the wage bill. I think coming into the, the kind of earnings that John Marcus was on. Uh, so let's not forget just, just what um, an effort it was made, um, financial effort to get Tyler Walker. And he's, he's a big hitter and I don't think people are quite got to uh, a handle on that yet, but he was a, he's a bigger, uh, big financial commitment, big earner at Pompey. Um, but he hasn't done it. Uh, there's been a couple of chances, I think like Wimbledon, and when was the two? Was it, it was Burton, wasn't it? Was it Doncaster? Where there was a couple of chances where he should have done better with really, um, worked the keeper, um, and he, he kind of looked a bit lazy in one or two of those, of those actions, and that was a frustration. Now, Danny Cowley's uh, a story we're going to put out uh, as we stand on, on Friday lunchtime. It, it is uh, explaining in a bit more detail why he doesn't feel that Tyler Walker's quite hitting the ground running. And this is what Danny Cowley's um, argument is. He feels that he hasn't um, been quite up to speed with the amount of football he's played in the first half of the season. Um, and he feels that his game is one that the Pompey players need to kind of come to understand a bit better. And, and those understandings uh, don't happen straight away. He feels he's a player that likes to play on the shoulder, uh, make runs from out to in, in, into the channels and on the blind side of, of the centre-half and feed on crosses. He like, likes to get behind the back the back four and or back three and or defensive line, as they say now, and uh, and feed on them. So that's the argument from, from Danny Cowley's point of view. He's got no doubt about Tyler Walker's quality. And you look at his record. I mean, those 26 goals, was it, at Mansfield and 16 goals in half a season, uh, for Lincoln before he's recalled for, for Forrest. And even his Coventry's top goal scorer last season, albeit with eight goals in the championship. So his, his record shows that. Uh, the one people pe- thing people might, with justification, say was, well, if he ta- he's taking time to get up to speed. Why are we, why are we bringing him in now and, and in January when you know it's going to take sort of uh, however many games to get in there when, when we need players who can perform now? I think they probably have a point with that. 
Um, so, so far underwhelming um, and he needs to start delivering because, uh, you know, it's um, people are forming judgments and even credible figures such as Guy Wisdom were, were pointing out why, what, what is he doing? Because he's not, doesn't seem to be a player that contributes with link play. Um, certainly in his body language, that, that was evident last weekend. Um, so, yeah, if he, and it was often labelled at John Marcus, wasn't it? If he's not, um, score, you know, scoring, then what is he doing? And we don't want, uh, we can't, after doing that with John Marcus, we have to, we can't give uh, Tyler Walker a, a, a free pass on that, on that, on that judgment as well. It is funny drawing the comparison to Marcus, isn't it, Sam? Like, we often were wondering why he's not in, in the box, why is he not between the posts? He seems to be running. Put it, can't question Mark was his effort. He did put enough work in, but in the wrong areas. Now we're sort of like picking holes in Tyler Walker's game where he is between the posts. He is waiting for those chances, but yet we're still going, well, come on, we want more from you. Like, so yeah, tough one. Yeah, it's a tough one. I think just to expand on what Jordy said, first of all, in terms of, I remember Danny Cowley said to us in the middle of January, he didn't want to sign free agents because it takes a time for them to get up to speed. So that's why there's probably credible question marks over spending the, the money on on Tyler Walker if that's what he said and come out and said he needs time to to adapt and get up to speed yeah I think in, in terms of what we've seen from Walker he is that type of player who plays on the shoulder and it, it is evident that the players out, the, out there need to build that relationship with him to find him in that that pocket of space in between the in between the right right side the centre back and the right back or, or vice versa on the left hand side for me, my only criticism, well, my main criticism from him that I've seen, I saw him play at, at home to Burton and he just looked a little bit too casual, especially yeah. in those final moments. They had a couple of really good chances in the second half. I think that the main one that I can think of is when Hurst won a good flick on and it, he was in behind him. The keeper, to be fair, the keeper came out and smothered it. It was a good save, wasn't it? It was a good save. The keeper was, was quick off his line, but I just thought he could have been there a little bit quicker or been a bit more def- defiant. Uh, definite in his action in terms of putting the ball towards the goalkeeper. So that's the only thing I would criticise him for. He just looked a little bit laboured. Maybe that's a fitness thing if he hasn't played much from the first half of the season. You're so casual in that moment. I know the keeper makes a good save. When you're so casual, you you haven't got much leeway with that striker, have you? You, you, Your patience is wearing thin on him because he looks so casual in that moment. If you can be a bit more definite and then if the keeper makes a good save, you probably give him a bit more leeway. But I I had that same emotion in that moment. Yeah. But if it is a relationship thing, like Dan Kelly alludes to, then then it will take time. But then on the back of what he said to us about signing free agents and players who haven't played, then that's the only question mark I have over the signing, if he's going to take Marcus. Yeah. He hasn't got long. If he if there's no plans for him to stay beyond the season, he's only got 15 more games. He's played five. If it takes another five, then, then he's only got 10 games to do it, and then the season could, could be gone. So, yeah, he needs to get up to speed quickly, I, I have to say. And, and hopefully the goals will start coming. Jordan, how much was Walker at the centre of Danny Curley's thoughts whenever he picked the formation against Doncaster on Saturday? Obviously, Harness came in at right wing back. You had Hackett in there. Both players who have good crossing ability. Um, you've got Michael Jacobs in that midfield who can slip the passes in if he's playing off the shoulder leg. So was was that their type of formation change to, to accommodate get more out of Walker or is there more to it than just out there? Yeah, I, I, I think it was um, because speaking to Danny Cowley, he went to a lot of detail about how the lineup, the attacking lineup, the most, what he believed the most attacking lineup of his Pompey reign was based around, he saw 
um, a weakness in Doncaster where they were susceptible to uh, to deliveries in, into the right areas um, behind their defensive line um, to thrive on. Um, again, he's then spoken about Tyler Walker, that being a big part of his game of getting behind the defenders. So don't need to be a genius to link those those two things together. Um, so I think that was a big part of it. Uh, but Danny would counter that, that one, two, three of the goals on um, Saturday came from corners or deliveries, the fourth goal, you know, set-piece delivery, the other two from open play. So the game plan was executed and worked and he probably felt quite satisfied about it afterwards. Um, but no, I, I, I think that, yeah, we've got, we got, we got to be forming judgments on the here and now in Tyler Walker um, and he doesn't get a free pass. And he, when, he, when he came in, he said he's here to score goals. He knew the, he knew the rule of the game. He knows what it's like for a striker. Um, so he's there to do the business. And as I say, Big money signing. I, I can't emphasise enough that that, that he, he didn't come cheaply. Um, so he, if he's the one that's been the boat was pushed out for, then he's the one that's got the weight of emphasis. And goals come at a premium. That's why you pay the big bucks for the you know yeah. even by League One level for the number nine. So he's here to deliver, and that's what you know. No, no, you know, needing time to settle or not, he needs to deliver. Sam, do you think that patience runs into tomorrow's game against Crewe or has Aidan O'Brien all of a sudden put himself in the, in the frame to start that game? Well, going off small appearances, Aidan O'Brien probably deserves to start. Obviously, what he did in the second half of the game at Doncaster and scored his first goal in two cameo appearances, whereas Walker's been given a, a long run and, and still hasn't scored. So, yeah, you feel a little bit harsh on, on O'Brien if he didn't start but I've just got a feeling that that Cowley will start Walker just look at the opposition they've they're playing against with no disrespect to crew on the league for a reason that there's probably a chance there for him to to break his duck and he'll probably have an eye on on doing that so in terms of the quality of striker that that Cowley believes he is and we've seen from his track record then they're the type of strikers you want in those types of games so if I put my neck line I think Walker would probably start alongside Hurst um because they'll, they'll view it as an opportunity for him to get going. Um, but then on the flip side, if if he doesn't and O'Brien comes in and, and scores or, or has a better all-round game, then the questions will intensify. So it's it's probably a defining moment for him on, on Saturday and short Bobby Curry, I think, with Tyler yeah. Walker. Because as you say, Jordy, he hasn't come cheap. And he said when he arrived that he's here to score goals and they've let three strikers go, albeit one of them was, was a had-me. And he hasn't scored yet. And if he doesn't, again, it's six games and then it then it becomes a, a greater deal. And then we've seen how these runs can sort of catch up and, and grow in pressure on strikers. So, yeah, I think for Walker, they'll probably start him giving the go, giving the nod. But as I say, it's probably a, a big moment for him in his, in his Pompey career. The final moment, did you see that line? When we when we do our online stories afterwards, Mark, and we do our clickbait stories that we uh, clickbait headline <laughs> we, we always come up with, defining moment. Did you, did you hear that? That sound I like I heard that. <laughs> Sam, you might as well start writing that story now. Just where... <laughs> but Jordy, like again, talking on that defender moment, but bear in mind that Korea got a real seems to have a real crisis in the center of the fence. Like it, it's something that you expect Taylor Walker to to take advantage of. But like talking about the attacking formation, do you anticipate Curly sticking to the, the wing back system? Then for him currently out of the side, but Hackett, Rico Hackett and, and and Marcus Harness on either flanks, these anticipate that happening yeah. on Saturday? 
I, I, I think he's pretty distracted really by my my Ben blown away in the wind here, like so. It's picking. All right, I've got a one-year-old child screaming outside the door. So hopefully that might not quite been picked up. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe she's been blown away. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got what the bloody question was. Yeah, and the formation. <laughs> yes, <right>. um, <laughs> um, I think he's he's kind of Danny makes County makes this big thing about four bases. Oh, we make a big deal about it, but we have one formation in possession and one out of possession, but he's been pretty faithful to the to way he's gone there. It's just personnel within it, isn't it? Um, and I think he did, they, the players that were kind of out of position, so to speak, i.e. Marcus Harness and um, Ronan Curtis, they, they've done all right if you call him Ronan Curtis, a midfielder now. So I think it's just personnel, and I think you've kind of, you've, you've intimated, it's just whether you go with the the Humes and the Romeos who've got more defensive now, so, or or the attacking ones, but Rico Hackett did very well coming back into the side. I think he was um, he'd run out of chances because it, um, his his form had kind of dropped off, and um, some criticisms were probably justified. But then he delivered. What a response with, with the goals and the uh, and deliveries last weekend. So he probably he'd feel very hard done by as much as like Connor Ogilvie could last week. If Rico Hackett doesn't continue and and, and harness them, they they could be rather peeves of being being left out. But Danny Kelly's obviously starting to show now that he's not averse to making those changes because Conor Ogilvy had been excellent in the preceding games to last weekend and found himself out in his ear. So, yeah, he's, it's very much horses for courses for Danny Kelly. And if he sees spots something he feels he can take advantage and he, there's a certain player that he feels can uh, execute or, or capitalise on those advantages, he's not he's not afraid to make those changes. But just on Tyler Walker briefly as well, I think it's a real opportunity if Danny Kelly to say maybe you're my man tomorrow. If he does stick with him, I think if he, he, he has faith in him and, and a lot of uh, money's gone into him and then probably you need to stick with him. I think that'd be Danny's mindset. But maybe does he not stick? Hopefully not. If he doesn't deliver for 80 minutes, I think, you know, it has to be kind of 50, 60 minutes instead because O'Brien's really deserved of, a, of probably a run out now as well. Yeah. Just on O'Brien, sorry, Sam, like I was quite underwhelmed by that there is the final transfer of the transfer window, but for some reason I'm getting a sense that, you know, he might be the type of player Pompey fans might actually appreciate and he could yeah. all of a sudden propel himself into a bit of a fan's favourite here. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think so. That, as you say, the type of signing on deadline day, obviously we knew they needed a striker and he came available, but I think it was that little bit underwhelming just because he sort of come from left field and and obviously was deemed surplus to requirements at Sunderland. Um, but as you say, I think he's got the makings of, of being a, a fan's favourite. Obviously, he's moved him and his family down here. Like Cowley has spoken really highly of him in terms of his commitment to the cause and how he's going to be playing and believes in himself to a, achieve a deal to the end of the season. And these are the types of like cult heroes that, that sort of creep out of the, of the cracks, if you will, that come out and they they show, it sounds so cliche but a bit of passion and a bit of fight that that resonates sounds with all football fans and he appears to be that type of character but with the goal and and we've seen glimpses of his quality he's not just that he's not shoehorned just into that and he could prove to be a real asset to end the season if he earns that contract then you say he could grow on and and, and go on and build a decent career down there. Now Aidan O'Brien's got the making of a cult hero. He's giving, he's giving you all these lines all over the place, Mark, isn't he? Can you tell I'm writing the piece after this? Whose stories at least we can write now, yeah. Here's another one, Jordan. Here's another one for you now. Gagliardi. 
<laughs> Gagliardi was a disaster. <laughs> was horrific. Could have went at the same time as Kenny Jacket. <laughs> all, all sensation. <laughs> well, yeah. in all seriousness, Jordy, there's have like no, I don't know the, the, the guy at all. I don't think any of us really do. There's not too many people going to be. Um, Sobbing into their, their tissues whenever he leaves, does there? Unfortunately, um, no. Um, yeah, I, I, we've um, only had passing conversations with Roberto Gagliardi. It's a bit of an enigma, as we say, um, behind the scenes, which is often the way with with um, football operations and uh, recruitment people. Uh, they like to operate under the radar, um, but obviously. Like Phil Boardman, people would judge him on on the on the signings that have taken place in in their time at the club, and a lot of those signings that that that's not beat around the bush here have been underwhelming. So he will be judged on those, and um, he might have um, arguments to present or um, say these are my signings, these are the ones I influenced, I didn't do that one. Um, but that's what people will look at and, and quite rightly judge him on. So I don't think they. People, we've not got to know Roberto Gagliardi, and I don't think most Pompey fans, certainly judging by the very, very strong uh, strength of feeling from the reaction, people that didn't pull any punches, did they, on their reactions of the news of his exit? I don't think he's um, going to be particularly missed. The one, <laughs> the one piece of business that gets rolled out consistently is he was the man who brought Ronan Curtis to Pompey. Yeah. Um, and as uh, Neil Allen told me, which gave me a chuckle, there was one Twitter wag that suggested that might be on his gravestone. That piece of information that we hear it so <laughs> we hear that so regularly. It was again, uh, yeah, that was very amusing. Um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not heard to any other names associated with Roberto, but I know he brought Ronan to the club. Um, he what he's got links with people at Chelsea. I know um, Danny Cowley was hoping to utilise that. I can't go too deeply into that one, but. There was a good link with Chelsea that uh, Pompey were hoping might reap dividends if he was to stay around. But throwing it forward, um, you know, he's not been here for a, a long while and he's been in that kind of interim role, wasn't he? And then was given the title and now he's gone. But now it really gives Pompey a chance to get into that role, get someone that, is, you know, really gets stuck into it because it's a transitional period for, for the club and they're looking to build solid foundations on a lot of areas recruitment sports science analysis being being just and this guy's going to be central to all of those areas so be interesting to see what, how influential danny is and i think he will be involved in the appointment but whoever he goes to somebody knows or someone uh, that just uh, is right for the role uh, but very it's a it's a it's a defining role, isn't it, Sam? It's a defining role. <laughs> it, could be the making, it could be the making of Danny Cowley's tenure at Pompey. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it, no, but it genuinely is it's going to be central to the, the game plan for Pompey moving forward. So it's a, it is a massive, I think pivotal was the word Danny Cowley used. And, uh, and I can see why I used that term. But I'm seeing one, foot, one minute 30 on the clock, so I'll, I'll wrap up. Yes, I think we are going to have to wrap up. <laughs> some stage which no doubt many of our listeners will be delighted for but finally Sam let's just go to you let's let's get a prediction out of you for crew um yeah form suggests the Pompey win what are you going for we go two nil two nil yeah Tyler Walker <laughs> Tyler Walker and go for another headline <laughs> yeah. who else Tyler Walker Tyler Walker will break his duck there you go 
Oh, I'll stop. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're a I'm going game postponed. You're, oh, no, Tony, don't say that. Right, on that note, I'm going to head out my back garden. It's been hit by, a, looks like a tornado at this moment. So, yeah. More sensation, more sensation from the news. More tornado. Tornado in Bognor. <laughs> so... <laughs> But you know, thank you for your expert opinions as usual. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back soon. Thank you again and goodbye. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website for everything you need to know about Pompey.